0: This podcast is sponsored by Haboo, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs picking, packing and posting products to customers all over the world fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Habu Three
1: Peeps in the podcast <laughs>
2: Hello and welcome to 3 Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. A fourth goal for Andy Weiman on a day when many frustrations got to us fans in the away end and we saw City sitting back, inviting pressure on, particularly in the second half. But we have our first point on the board. Lee's three words were wilting, woeful, watch. And the poll was 66% thought we would win. 8% thought we would lose and 26% thought we would draw. Matt is with me as always. Matt, your high level thoughts now that you've had over 24 hours to think things through?
3: Which, obviously, we travelled up together um, and the guests that we've got on as well, and, and we all said we'd take a point before the game. So it's very difficult when you go with that mindset and, and kind of you're happy with that to then say anything different when that result comes through. But it, it was disappointing. I think um i I don't mean to be disparaging to Wigan. I don't think they they looked great I think they they kind of went fairly long and we were dealing with it pretty comfortably and like you said patch we we just seem to revert to type as we've done in each of the league games um we'll We'll talk at length about um you know the the line up in substitutions and things but my my overriding fear at the moment, and I am still very much pro Nigel Pearson. I'll make that clear. Um, but my overriding fear is that it is in-game management just isn't what I would expect. Um, and that's just not in this game. That's been in each of the games. You know, I've watched every game this season. Um, so yeah, but um, t- I'd have taken a point beforehand, but yeah, slightly disappointed as the okay. game panned out.
2: Okay, thank you. Right, uh, just to follow up on the competition from last week, first of all, uh, it was to win a copy of Richard Latham's book, Bristol City Memories. And thanks to everyone who retweeted that. Uh, for the Sunderland pod and for the midweek podcast as well at Burton slash Coventry. It was won by Sean Hawkins. So, Sean, congratulations and congratulations, uh, we'll be in yeah. touch to uh, arrange collection of that. Right, a guest today you've alluded to, Matt. It's Dean Allen, who's usually calling in from South Africa, but this time he's actually in England.
0: Dean, how are you, sir? All right, guys. Yeah, very well, thanks. Uh, just down the road from you, about an hour away in the with mum and dad in Willerton near Minehead, as you know, um, yeah, what a what a great weekend it was. I mean, thanks very much uh, for taking me to my first City game, for, well, live game for three years. Um, so we we also said about uh, not letting their performance uh, spoil our weekend away, which uh, which it didn't. Um, but uh, no, it was great to be back and uh, surrounded by the the fans in real life. It was special.
2: Yeah, just to touch on uh, Liverpool night out didn't disappoint um yeah the four of us had a had a cracking weekend and even though it felt felt a bit like a defeat we, we were a little bit deflated we soon put that out of our heads as we ventured into the night and when we do the ratings later um i've rated each place we went as well <laughs> so uh gave people some ideas for if they ever should should uh, go to the ripple but dean the um the the weather obviously blistering heat it felt like we could have been
0: anywhere anywhere in the world well the irony is uh, i live in south africa and it felt like south africa and actually felt warmer in a way um yeah so that that obviously affected uh affected the, the play in both teams but as the old saying goes it was the same for both teams and i felt like we looked we looked like the team that was affected by it most of all but as matt said um, for me, uh, we'll go through the individual play, but for me, it, it should have been managed better by the manager. Uh, we had some really capable, energetic players on on the bench. And we, it was crying out for a change. Certainly early in that second half, when it looked like Wigan were going to, you know, take the game away from us uh, before they even before they even equalised. Matt said, "There's only one winner here," and you could see it. So that was my big frustration. Actually watching the game live, watching the likes of say D- Jader Silver struggle on the left and. You know, you just needed the energy of, you know, someone like Campering to come on and just reverse the dynamic of the game because Wigan grew into the game. They're a very ordinary side, but uh, we we let them play. And um, as we we said, the point was a good point, but it, it did feel disappointing after that great start
2: yeah um as we have been doing all season we will uh go through our check-in um, and again if you haven't listened to it go back and listen to episode 177 of the regular show of three peeps where we talk to talk club so matt do you want to kick us off how are you out of 10 this morning on monday morning yes. uh, actually we're into the afternoon now it's 12 11
3: afternoon. yeah it's a, it's a monday though um and after a, a fairly heavy tiring weekend i still feel pretty drained if i'm honest so i'll go with a seven as things stand at the moment yeah that's but that's more about my physical state than my (laughs) mental state
2: well no it's all encompassing isn't it dean have it yourself
0: yeah i've got to probably say a seven i I remember the days when i could get over a night out you know literally within hours now it takes me about four days um i actually went for i went for i went for a run last night to try and sweat it out and this is how bad it got so and you can hear the voice. It's not this sexy voice I'm trying to put on. That's that's the that's what uh, shouting at Wigan and I think shouting in those nightclubs in Liverpool did. For an
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I think I think it's uh three sevens. Jackpot <laughs> uh, I feel more or less exactly the same as you, but my voice has come back a little bit more than yours. Right, let's have a look at the line up. We've got Bentley, Viner, Naismith, Atkinson, no surprises there. Into the middle, we've got Sykes, Scott, Williams, De Silva, and then Vyman, Conway, and Martin. And Matt, great to see Conway getting his start after his uh, two goals in the, in midweek, in particular.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we, we we don't hide from the fact that we're um, we're very pro Tommy Conway, and I think anybody that witnessed the the Burton game and then witnessed um, Saturday's game can understand why. I think he's cemented a place already for me in the match day squad um and absolutely would be starting with him tomorrow night um against Luton um so yeah it was great to see i think i think the only the only call outs for me Sykes Wilson you know it was it was one of those so understandably that, that Sykes got it because he's been he's been excellent is on the left hand side Jada Silva um and that was before the game we talked about it, so it's not with hindsight um, but we said with J.D. Silva, Campring Pring put in a really good, strong performance against Burton. Um, and for me, if you if you put in a performance and you, and you play well, I guess it, you have to allow the cup element to it because there is that, that balance and some teams will pick a, a different side for cup. So I get that, but I thought Cam did really well and Jay hasn't been great so far this season. So I would have gone that and I, I actually would have gone Nackie Wells up top with Tommy Conway as well because... To, the two linked really, really well at Burton, and Naki for me gives you, um, the, I, I want to say fluidity, and that's probably not the right descriptive word, but he's he's he, the two work well together. They compress together, and you know I don't know if anyone watched the Man United game the weekend, which was was just embarrassing <laughs> for me as also a Man United fan. But the way that Brentford pressed Man United was superb, and and that's what Tommy Conway and, Al, and Naki Wells were doing. Against Burton, so that that was the only th- call out. But in terms of surprise, I don't think we were at all. We, we, I think we named that the exact team, didn't we? So yeah. yeah,
2: that Swindon-like defending from Man United was a sight to behold. I must admit, uh,
3: I don't, I don't get. And sorry, it is a Bristol City podcast, but we, we've experienced it some of it ourselves. And I guess to a degree, the Naismith um, giveaway at Sunderland. But I don't. It's it, I didn't play at any kind of level. You boys both did, but. To, to play a ball into a, a midfielder or a defender with his back to the opposition, knowing that there's a player on him, surely is only going to invite one thing, isn't it? And, and, you know, the Man United, certainly the first couple of goals, you know, a ball played into a player like Ericsson and seeing what happened. So, yeah, embarrassing. But we've experienced that as well. So sometimes that old adage of you, you just go long, that's the case. It's not hoofball. hoof ball. Sometimes you just have to go long. So, yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Uh, Dean for you, uh, starting lineup, um, do you echo Matt's sentiments?
0: Yeah, and yeah, no surprises. Obviously he left Chrissy Martin out in the week in the cup, um, to bring him back in. Um and uh, for me I I I know what Chrissy Martin does. I, I you know, I'm a fan of him as a as a footballer, but honestly on Saturday, um, whether it whether it was age, fitness or whatever, the guy was yeah, he was he wasn't even doing he wasn't even doing what, uh, what I expected him to do, was hold up the ball. I mean, he's not the biggest guy in the world. We know that. But there was a couple of times as we saw the ball was coming into his feet and it was going off of him. We all have bad days. You know, we all, all lose our touch. Um, and I, I thought that was that was inevitable. He was going to come back in. But the rest of it, yeah, um, In like I say, in hindsight, we'll talk about the left-hand side. But uh, if Pring, you boys saw him at, um, at Burton, if, if Pring had a good game, for me, as Matt said, the whole point of a squad system is Obviously, to, to rotate, but how are you incentivizing these guys if they come in, have a stormer, and then get dropped the next the next week? I mean, that that for me doesn't work. You've got to, if you if you play well, you hold your place, and everyone should understand that. That's where the competition comes from.
2: Yeah. Okay. Right into the minutes then. Uh, sixth minute. Sykes sets Conway off down the right. His pace and desire to get towards the goal on show. Has he squares a great ball across to Vyman, who slots home for one nail, Dean and Vyman scores goals.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, a, and it was, a, it was a tidy finish. I know uh, 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 Matt's friend, the Wigan supporter in the other end, said he, he hit it into the ground. I don't think he did. I think he sort of came off his ankle, but he knew what he was doing. He was putting it back into the far post. But the build-up to the goal, when you watch it back, was was swift. It's the kind of football we just love. We see other teams do it against us, but we were. It was incisive. And I tell you what, Tommy Conway, that was a difficult ball to get across. We thought in the away end, we thought it was a, a simple square ball, but it wasn't. He had to he had to get the angle. He had to beat two players in between him and Vyman, and it was it was inch perfect. And the the lad enjoyed it. I mean, he celebrated obviously more than what uh, it looked like more than Vyman in the goal, but. I, at that stage, we were just like buzzing because we we went to them. We went, we went at them from the first whiz, whiz, whistle. Um, but I said to your brother, Julian, I said, we've got to score a second because we know what we do every time. And I think we didn't. Uh, Julian said we sat back automatically. I don't think we did. I think we had another 10 minutes after that where we were still on top. We had to score again then, but we didn't. And then the, the initiative shifted back, didn't it? Man, it was, was a great the- start.
2: That was the key difference for me between uh, Wednesday and Saturday. Was we got one. Obviously, we went on to get three, and in the first half, um, and that was the difference. Really, we we did, as Dean said, keep attacking for another sort of five ten minutes. But it was that sort
3: of desire to then go forward from there. Yeah, I think, um, and and again, we'll probably reference some of the chances, but there there were another couple of incidents that could easily have resulted one a pen one a tommy conway goal so we might have been talking about three 0 um i don't think that we um we took a back step at that stage for, for me the game changed um after the drinks break the drinks break came and and from that point on we seemed to allow wigan that might have been tactically liam um liam richardson the wigan manager may have changed a few things but it, it did feel as though um we we sat back and Again, I know how hot I was in the stands. So being out on the pitch in that sort of environment, um, you know, it is going to take a toll. And if you are older players like Chrissy Martin, and he's nowhere near my age, but again, that's going to have an impact. So that's where you have to look at your options and what you've got on the bench. But yeah, I don't, as i said there could have been another couple of goals in it and we might have been talking about a 3-0 lead but then to the same extent wigan also had chances so it was a it was actually a fairly open game at that point wasn't it okay into the
2: 12th minute viner plays a lovely ball up the line to sykes he chests it forward threads conway who is pulled down no penalty um, so I was on the the Progress with Unity podcast in the week, and we spoke about the game. That's the Wigan podcast, in case you're wondering. Uh, we spoke about the game, spoke about the threat, etc., that we have, um, and we exchanged some messages on Twitter after the game. And he said it should have been a red card, which we'll get to in a minute, and we should have had two penalties. So that's a Wigan fan saying that. And that Matt getting pulled down, Tom, we get Tom getting into the box again. Um, and the more you watch it, the more you think it's a penalty.
3: First time of looking, obviously at the far end, it wasn't at our end, so you couldn't really see. I've watched it back. The defender doesn't get anything of the ball. Um, and let's be fair, the, the ref, again, and, and it's, it's sad to keep saying this sort of thing, but the ref didn't have a great game. Um, it looked a fairly obvious penalty to me. Um, there was one, again, in the second half where the ball strikes Tommy's arm. That could easily have been given a penalty as well because his arm was away from his body. But yeah, for me, that, that definitely was a penalty and I couldn't understand have watched it and looked at where the referee's position was why he didn't give it
2: Dean you can take the next one 15th minute mm. Wigan player lashes out at Williams on the floor um and he goes down and it's only a yellow card so that for me is
0: either zero or a red well precisely again I, I must admit I didn't see it live I think I was uh, listening to Matt or something I was just turning around and then and then the, <laughs> then the, then, the, then then the whole thing kicked off Um, But my initial reaction was, as the lad said around me, it was a kind of a Beckham-esque, you know, kick. And it was nothing more than that. But look what happened in that game. Um, And my thing was, if the referee or linesman had seen it, he he has the the player has to go. If he doesn't, he gives nothing. So to give a yellow for an an incident that would would clearly be deemed a red if he'd have have seen it. So that was the frustration. I've watched it back on, on the clips and... And actually, it was probably more than Beckham. it wasn't. You know, it he, he, he was intentional. I was looking whether Joe Williams left something in on him. Like, it's not that obvious. He actually came in second. He wasn't the initial challenge, so he found himself almost on top of the player. But it was a lash out. and you could see from the guy's reaction, he he thought what he was going. Um, he looked sheepish. He walked away from it, and um, yeah, no. For, for me, for me, they were very lucky. And that at that stage, we were on top. Ten men. I uh, could only again. We'd have hopefully gone on, but we uh, we know our record against ten men teams anyway, so that's not a given. But uh, no, <laughs> definitely patch. Really, really disappointing again. That I know we haven't got VAR at this level, but he would have got sent off without a doubt when that was reviewed without a doubt.
2: For the three league games so far, Matt, if we had VAR, we could be in a very different position.
3: I nearly stead my phrase then, mate, but um, she ha- <laughs> she hasn't and she isn't my uncle. Um, <laughs> So no, I, I mean it, it is what it is, and I do, I do think people say oh, it evens out, but you you only have to look at the amount of penalties we've had over the last three seasons. It, it doesn't feel like it evens out. That one in particular, I don't think the ref saw it because I think the the it was the an instant. Didn't he? Yeah, it was an instant after the ball had gone, um, and. I, I do think there was an element of Joe Williams made sure as he's getting off of him, he's probably, probably. got his, his hand pushing down or whatever. But irrespective, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't violent conduct, or whatever. And then Joe Bennett, as as Dean has put, he, he, he did kick out. The referee, I think, said after the game or to, to Nigel Pearson's that it was more petulance. Well, there's not a well, you so it was David Beckham. From, that was yeah, petulance. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but that's not in, that's not in the rules. That if it's petulant, you just give a, a, a yellow rather than a red. Um, and for it some of the, punch you in the face. Yeah, I mean, yesterday, for example, the Conte and Tuchel incident. Now, all that was was a melee because one held on to the other one's hand. There were no punches thrown. There was no, and yet both get red cards. Oh, yeah, so I, I I'll have to check that. Yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't, I don't get it. It was, it was a poor decision from the ref. I think they realised he should have got sent off because he was subbed at half time Absolutely. So I think that that comes into play as well. There. Um, and i didn't and, notice that yeah. he, he didn't
2: sp- he didn't speak to the fourth official who was closer to, than the linesman I, is that i'd
3: love i'd love to know in, and maybe um Lee paul who who obviously is a contributor to pod and a friend of ours i don't know if Lee can um sort of let us know on this for, for and we can pick up on the next um the net podcast but i don't know how much the fourth official is allowed to say so if the fourth official sees it can he say to the referee surely it's red yeah i don't know i don't know what the rules are there was always a thing was not there that they couldn't actually influence it a bit like if they saw it on the tv at the game they couldn't say that, that was the case but i just felt he went to his linesman to give it a yellow like you said patch we probably wouldn't be talking about it now mm-hmm. if he hadn't given him a card it's the fact he gave him a yellow that makes it more yeah. of a talking point because it's like well it, you can't give it a yellow for the fact he's kicked out what are you giving him a yellow for
2: absolutely right let's get off this soapbox because it's getting more and more frustrating it was um right 22nd minute vileman gets away down the right hand side spreads the play to jay de silva and it's a good cross in but conway is beaten to the ball so that's really the end of the press uh now we're into the drinks break in 25 minutes which was useful actually for um as we were having a few drinks on board that was quite a useful drinks slash water closet break Mm. so uh Nice one on that. 28th minute. Good set piece from Wigan. Stryker gets ahead of Viner and heads downwards and over. So, Matt, the threat started to creep in.
3: I don't think Josh McGuinness lost a header. Um, he's he's not um, on the ground a great player. He puts a shift in for, for Wigan. But um, up against Viner, Atkinson or um, Naismith, I think he won every header, but they weren't really doing anything. And that one, yeah, Zach, Zach got wrong side of him in. Talk, talking about Zach Viner patched um, and I've I've been critical of Zach but I don't think that Zach has been any poorer or any better than Naismith or Atkinson this season and yet he's the one that fans constantly pick up on. Now I, I, again I don't think he is necessarily, no not necessarily, I don't think he is top championship. From that perspective but where we are at the moment and what he's doing he's doing no worse than anybody else in there and yet he's still the player that fans like to have a go at and you know as you know there was a bit of a an incident in the crowd where someone started giving him some grief so i immediately then started going the other way and and buoying him up but you know you sort of sitting there think <coughs> it doesn't do a player any good whatsoever if you're on his back um and and i've said the same from youth football with me brother as a manager so you know, let, let's, let, Zach's in the team, let's get behind him and mm-hmm. let's see with his confidence what he does. Um, but yeah, he, in, in that instance, he did lose his man and literally after I'd started pulling him up, he made a terrible mistake, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking, oh my God, but he did recover it. So yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Okay, uh, Dean, 32nd minute, four minutes later, it's a poor clearance from Joe Williams and it's a cross-come shot that almost drifts in at the far post.
0: Yeah, no, I remember saying at the time, I mean, I don't know what he was trying to do. I don't know who he was trying to pass it out. It didn't either. And then the ball just went across the danger area and, and really someone should have finished it off then. Um, going back to the defense, I mean, I've been critical of Zach. We 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 know his limitations and uh, as I say, um, but he was no he was no worse than the than the other two back there. I mean, it was interesting. We were talking about the ratings later from Bristol Live. They gave Atkinson an eight, which was I don't know what game they were watching. I mean, they were I would say they're all equally well, oh, equal in their performance on Saturday. I mean, I'm a big Naismith fan from a football point of view, but I I don't think he's the dominant centre half. Certainly, you can rely rely on him in the middle Let's see, I keep there forwards in the boss. Him, um, we need someone dominant alongside him. We're going to talk about the incident in a minute when I think McGinnis got in got in literally last kick of the half, um, and that was Naismith. Naismith looked like he was he was running in treacle. He let the guy come the wrong side of him. Um, but no, that, those three I don't know whether they've knitted together. there's a lot of space in between them um so you know a bit disappointed with that because I, I did think I did think we'd uh, we'd we improved at least when I looked at the whole game anyway we'd improved at the back it looked a lot better but the last few games we've seen the, seen the weaknesses appear again but that should have been a goal that chance you're talking about.
2: Yeah, Williams makes up for it a few minutes later, 39th minute, it's great persistence from Williams to win the ball in the corner, gets a cross in but it just drifts over the bar. Uh, 42nd minute, Viner, ball forward to Sykes, it's a neat ball into Conway, a lovely first touch and his shot hits the post and goes wide. He gets a knock in the process as well in that one, Matt.
3: Yeah, he did again, it was a bit of a, a worry, wasn't it? Um... But it showed, again, the commitment of him. Um, he was causing them all sorts of problems, uh, so yeah. 45th minute plus five. This is the one you were alluding to,
2: uh, Dean. City escape as the striker, Josh McKinnish brings the ball down well from a, a, a nice lofted pass over the top from McLean. Um, so yeah, some great skill on show there, but he, he actually puts the ball, pokes it wide, so we escape that and then the halftime whistle goes.
1: This is a message from the Bristol City Former Players Association. Throughout last season, we brought a number of ex-players back to Ashton Gate. We were pivotal in delivering celebratory events, including the Ashton Gate 8 40th anniversary, and we also celebrated the stars of the 60s, who were paraded on the pitch. This season, we will be commemorating some important moments in the club's history and some very important people who were part of our club. If you would like to assist with sponsorship of any of these events, please get in touch with me by email to events at in addition, we're always on the lookout for any interesting artefacts from the club's history to add to our ever-growing Bristol City archive. Thanks for listening and my email address again is events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk Thank you.
2: Halftime summary from Rob. Quickly out of the blocks again, attacking with pace and purpose. Rewarded with a great team goal. I'm sure the heat is a factor, but as the half wore on, we lost some some of the shape and sharpness and fluidity. A couple of gilt-edge chances for Wigan, where we failed to pick up McGuinness on both occasions. Bit confused with the booking of Bennett. If he's deemed to have offended, the offence was kicking out, which surely is a red. With VAR, I'm sure he would have gone, and likewise, there would have been a penalty in the... Uh, sorry, penalty for the centre half, clattering into Conway as he got his shot away near the end of the half. Substitutions are going to be key, I feel. We'll probably need to use all five available to keep the freshness levels up. Once again, we've got to ensure we don't lose control of the game in the second half. The early warnings are there, Matt.
3: Exactly what we've said. Exactly what we've said and exactly what we witnessed, wasn't it? Um, We did feel... I I certainly, and we were talking about it at halftime, you know, I, I was saying then... For for me, Chris Martin should come off, and and um, Naki Wells or Nikki is Ben Bond will will call. Um and then it went back to say it then. Uh, Naki Wells would have come on for me at that stage, and Campring would have come on for Jade Silva. Um, it was so hot as well that you just felt that they they would need to make early changes. So. Whether it was tactical that Bennett came off, I'm assuming it was for Wigan because yeah. of the, the near-sending off. But yeah, it was... Um,
2: and the referee would have had a chance to look at that at half-time and would right think, his wrong, you? potentially. Yeah, That's you, what they were thinking.
3: You, you would think, wouldn't you, that they would at least talk about it and say so, yeah, and... and You'd think that Nigel Pearson or one of the coaching staff coaches of Jason Ewell would have been in his ear. Yeah, There was a bit of possession
2: for the first sort of five minutes for City with no great chances created. And then there was a moment in the 56 minute, Dean, it was a, a triple tackle from Alex Scott that really got the crowd going. And you had a little bit of a whip up there and you thought, OK, we're, we're going to get back into this now
0: yeah yeah and, and and we we haven't mentioned scotty yet but um he was anonymous largely for large parts of that game we were all expecting him to create stuff but we also know that he's got that side you know he can put his foot in and that that's what we were that's what we were needing i think uh, we could see how the game was going we, we it was a long half to defend we, we were only one goal up so for him to to look like he was going to get stuck in i mean that's always happened at ashton gate hasn't it? A, a tackle or something has whipped the crowd up and you can see the momentum changing but uh it was it was literally i remember looking at the clock it was 56 late 50 minutes and uh, come on pearson bring somebody else on you've, you you know you can see this game has not changed after half time i can understand not bringing someone at half time if you've if you've made some kind of you know if you've had obviously the chat about tactics at half time but now this was going to happen again and that's what was really frustrating um, it, was, it was clear. I mean, I mean the subs, actually, I mean, we all know they were running up and down, warming up for the entire game almost. I mean, talk about conserving energy. So at some point, I thought he was going to call one of them back. But no, Alex Scott, again, I'm afraid, uh, had a disappointing game and mean, um, he was one of the ones to come off.
2: Matt, it was another new position, effectively, for Alex Scott in the, the midfield two, rather than in behind the strikers or rather at right wing back. So I guess there's that to factor in.
3: Yeah, I mean, he played, um, what was the game? Was it Derby or one of the games last season where it was him and Masengo played in there? So he he has done it. And obviously, it's a position he plays for the the under-19s. And I think it's a position that that we as fans wanted to see as well. Um, We discovered that Han Noah was was out with tonsillitis. um, But I think Scott was always going to start that. But as Dean said, he... He just didn't seem to to get on the ball at all. Um and it was only really that moment, those tackles, where you could actually recognise that, that Alex Scott was out there. Slightly unfair, you know, he 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 did get some touches, but just not what we expect from him. We expect more creativity, don't we? Yeah.
2: Fifty eighth minute. Not for the first time today. Bentley without any pressure on him, uh displays some poor distribution, which effectively led to Atkinson getting a knock
0: and having to come off Dean. Yeah yeah it was disappointing on Saturday Dan Bentley I mean uh, it wasn't as though he was under pressure I mean it was a couple of times I mean the ball sim- simple balls actually not even long range balls I mean you expect him to play out better than that and it was uh, and, and I think I think Matt noticed as well Pearson was on his back he was on his back in the week as well so it's clearly become an issue um and then yeah when when Atkinson got that knock that was obviously going to change everything and um, but I thought maybe closer would come on and uh, and um shore things up a bit but it didn't seem to happen that way
2: yeah, so there is a change, Matt. The first change is Closer on for Atkinson, but Closer was involved just before that. Sorry, Atkinson was involved just before that. He um, there's a, a foul. Uh, Jada Silva loses the ball in a dangerous position, um, and there's a kick, a free kick on the edge of the 18-yard box. But uh, a like-for-like change there. 66 minute after inviting pressure onto us, it's a Sunday League scrappy goal for Wigan. Matt, how did you see that goal? I think it was a, a corner cut comes in and then the shot comes across. Alex Scott gets something on it, falls back and, yeah, it's a scrappy goal.
3: Yeah, I think Nigel Pearson in his, his post-match presses said that it was Tim Closer that, that um, had the header and headed it down rather than up and away, but it wasn't. It was Alex Scott from, from looking back at it. Um, and yeah, we just didn't clear it. Um, it. It's kept in the danger area, and Will Keane, um, who's the ex Man, is next Man United youngster. Mm. I think he's the brother of Michael Keane, the Everton centre half. Um, he, he had a, a relatively simple sort of not a tap in; he had to drive it into the net. But just it—it it was an afternoon where. And I'm not I'm not really apportioning any blame to Dan on the goal, but it just didn't feel like he was dominating his box. Yeah. And when crosses were coming in, it just it just felt a little nervy, didn't he? And you know Dean was talking about the the, the clearances or a couple of the goal kicks. They were a little casual. It was a little bit, you know, I don't know, just just almost like a training kind of kick out rather than with any real intent and purpose. So I don't know. There's, there's there's nothing behind it. It just wasn't wasn't his best afternoon from that front. But I, I wouldn't apportion blame for him on the goal. I think it was just, um, unfortunately, mm. the wrong man with the clearance when it fell to Alex Scott. And yeah. And yeah, I think I punished. just think,
2: I don't think Scott could have, done, well, he could have done much more with it, but it just, I think he it, sort of saw it, later it, saw it late. Yeah, it saw late. Yeah,
3: wasn't, it wasn't, a, it's difficult to call it a mistake, but because He's clearing it off the line, which is his job. He just didn't get enough on it, did he? So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So, Scott's involved in the
2: 68th minute. Uh, It's a great ping out to Sykes in City's first forward move of the half. And the cross is agonisingly headed wide by Tommy Conway. And, you know, you would put Lots of money on him scoring that. But, you know, we've seen Haaland in the charity shield miss. It happens to every striker. You've got to be in the right position to get your head on it. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it goes wide, Dean. And your thoughts on that one?
0: Yeah, if anything, he was too definite with it, wouldn't it? I mean, he got a great contact on it. He was trying to put it in the corner, even try to put it down. Whereas the, the pace on the ball and where he was, anything on goal, it would have gone through the goalie. I mean, he was that close in. Um, no, really disappointed for the lad. That would have been a fantastic and just what we'd have needed at that time because it w- did come out of the blue. But uh, we were reflecting on the on the players later. The only person with real quality and delivery was Mark Sykes during that game. Um, he was trying to get forward. He was up and back. Um, he clearly, I think he's uh, he's he, he, he's probably turned out to be the signing of the the close season so far in terms of his form. um The the, the setup for the Conway chance in the first half when he hit the post. I mean that's that clever football. They're they're nice little balls that he's playing through, but he's also got that whip when he crosses in. I just uh, I just hope he can give some tips to the the guy on the other side because Jader Silva A doesn't get forward, but B when he gets there, I mean. You just don't know what you're going to get in terms of the quality of the cross. Um, so that was a great chance. It would have, it would have really, really. The guy would have deserved it. And I just, I just hope it doesn't affect Tommy's, Tommy's confidence. I hope they, they, uh, he plays again Tuesday, and I hope he notches because that's what he needs.
2: It's a good point, Matt. Um, obviously, what I didn't like was that Tommy came off straight away yeah. after that. He didn't have chance to make another impact um but wells comes on where for all the world we thought it should have been martin um and alex king comes on for alex scott andy king Um, i say alex sorry sorry andy
3: um yeah um yeah i don't i think i think it was a predetermined substitution i don't think because i think it was the water break would not it as well at that stage i don't think it was made because of that chance being missed like yeah. Dean said, I think he just too, yeah, just the yeah, was right. yeah. I think you got too good a connection on it. It was a great flowing move, um, and a, and actually a very very good header. I mean, I've seen I've seen some comments about it being a sitter. It wasn't a sitter in terms of the the move and the pace and the ball. Yeah, he knows he should hit the target, but a I think sitter it's, is it's, a Ronnie
2: Rosenthal. Moment. Exactly,
3: exactly. <laughs> and and you've still got to make that run, and it's a, a ball that's whipped across. So if you get the right connection, is in the back of the net, and the keeper's got no chance, and and he was a bit unlucky. I don't think it will affect his confidence because I think he's a confident lad. He believes in his ability like we all do. Um, But I thought, um, and I'm going over the top, but I thought it was a scandalous decision that it was him that came off and not Chris Martin. Um, And that's on the balance of the game. I like Chris Martin. I've said on this podcast many a time how much I like Chris Martin. He did nothing in that game. Um, Wasn't winning his, his sort of percentage of headers that you'd expect. Um, and people might go, yeah, but he's the one who holds the ball up and he's the one who gets the flat. Tommy Conway was having that all afternoon. He was the one getting, holding the ball into him, spinning off. He was the one that had a number of challenges on him. Um, and he was the one that still had the pace and drive going forward, whereas Chrisy couldn't. And, you know, I, again, we were talking during the game and, and I sort of pointed out to Dean, there were a number of times where Tommy put the press on and, and Chris Whiting just couldn't, couldn't sort of join him. And, and therefore... That's a wasted press from Tommy Conway then, because the ball was easily played out by the keeper or the defender. So, I I was I was really really surprised at Nigel Pearson making that choice. Um, I'd love to know what he was seeing during that game that meant Chris Martin stayed on, and and it wasn't even it. He had other options even after that substitution. Andy Viman could have gone up top alongside Naki Wells. He could have brought Sykes into the middle. He could have put Wilson in Sykes' role. You know, there were a number of things he could do. Mm. I just felt he wasn't looking at the game. Chris Martin looked absolutely out on his feet and he's he's one of our oldest statesmen, isn't he? So it was, uh, yeah, for me, was a, a, a really, really poor decision from Nigel Pearson.
2: Okay, 80th minute is a good near post save from Dan Bentley. Um 82nd minute but it's not his day Sykes finds space and his cross or shot sells over the bar but um yeah how you say Dean Sykes first time you've seen him live and he impressed you
0: yeah very much so especially if he can play in a number of positions I think that will be the that will be the key but he looks he looks a good footballer hmm. um he looks composed on the ball he's got good delivery um as i said one of the one of the key arts to to crossing the ball is to get that whip and get that curling because it's hard to defend and he's got that as well um yeah for me if we can if we can balance that up on the left-hand side that that would that would be the problem it's typical isn't it we just sorted out the right and now now the left's looking vulnerable but um no in terms of the in terms of the the two new boys that i wanted to watch i mean Naismith. i mean i you can see he's a cultured footballer but um i don't know we whether callus comes back and plays alongside him but i I would, I would think would be a, he would look a lot more assured with with a callous or a baker alongside him because uh, he's too exposed he's not um dominant enough to play that position but yeah Sykes, I think I told you boys uh, I've got friends I lived over in Belfast and when he was playing Irish League over there, they said no oh, no he was he was tip for tip for good things they could see it at that level and he was always going to play in England so uh, that was a good recommendation.
2: Matt, with regards to Naismith, is there an option or do you think it would ever happen that he pushed up into that sort of quarterback role and, you know, Callas comes in to bring a <coughs> bit more bite into the middle?
3: Not not under Nigel Pearson, no. I, th- I think he's made it very clear that, that he sees Naismith playing is, is within that back three. Um, you know, I, I think again is that is that in game management sometimes you you have to look at what you can do and how you change the shape and how and how you change the pattern of the game and and doing that moving Naismith in we, we are restricted you know when Callas comes back as you are in patch that that will make a difference i think Callas becomes that more dominant win the first ball um type of scenario um but yeah it's uh i I didn't think we we won very many aerial challenges the weekend at all. Um, And when the ball's coming in the box, there's always a little bit of a fear, isn't
2: it? 90th minute. It's an Andy King ball forward, which was really a a really well-timed ball. Uh, Vyman feeds Wells, who's in the box. And you think, you know, your shades of QPR away again come into mind. But uh, he's cut out. From the corner, Sykes opts to go short to Jada Silva cross is lofty and too deep to Naismith, and the opportunity is lost. Matt, that was so frustrating, wasn't it? When you know you think, okay, we've lost the opportunity of getting a shot away from from Wells. We got a corner last couple of minutes. We might have an opportunity here, but the op- the in to go short to Jade de Silva just boggled me a little bit.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, referencing there about the height in the box. So so maybe not just whipping it in. I understand, but to go short to Jade de Silva, who for me, at the moment, is arguably the poorest crosser we've got in the team, um, which seems stupid to say from where he is. But I think every cross that Jay hits seems to just go way too deep. Um, and I, I don't know how much pros at our level um, re, you know um, practice what they're doing. But I, I would be, if I was Jay De Silva, because you must focus on your own performance. I would be getting one of the youth team kids and just getting them knocking balls back to me so that I can whip those crosses in, and it's repetition, 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 um, because you know, like I said, how many crosses have we seen? Not just this season, but last season as well. There are over here, um, and whether it's affecting his confidence, Dean referenced it right at the start. He, he wasn't getting forward as much. He seems to want to go backwards and sideways rather than taking his man on. And for me, Jay de Silva, that's what he's all about. Um, and he's a player that I think is really popular with the fan base. But if you actually sit down and think about it and say, what, what's he giving us? And if a if a bid came in today for Jada Silver of decent money, I wouldn't be disappointed in us taking it because I'm not seeing enough from Jada Silva. We've and, seen, and as we've I say, seen it campering though, starts for me on Tuesday. We have patched, but only in... In, in, the, in the seasons gone by,
2: that yep. he is capable of taking a man on, Absolutely crosses in... Yep. But so, it's, where, so, it's
3: whether he's been adjusted in terms of the, what he's been told to do or what, I don't I, know I, I can't believe he has just because of the way that on the opposite flank Sykes is getting forward and putting the crosses in and on Tuesday night at Burton within minutes campring has got a header at the back post um, now Jay's not going to win headers at the back post but yeah I I, I don't know whether I can't think that tactically whether it's a confidence thing or not you know, who, who knows but um, Tuesday night again, if, if you're looking at Players having the shit because they're performing, and if not, we look at what options we've got. Campering has to come in on Tuesday night. Okay, right. 96th minute, last kick of the game.
2: City win a free kick on the edge of the centre circle, and I'm looking at it right now because I, I invoked patch cam, Matt, in an <laughs> attempt to uh, to swing it. Temp- to tempt feet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that's now died. So it's Joe Williams takes it. Um, he sends it to sort of the back of the 18-yard box closer, gets his head on it, and then it's cleared. Um, and that's the final whistle. So uh, a deflating end to proceedings there. Um, right, I've got a tweet from Lee Granger. Bentley kicking was awful. Scott and Martin anonymous. Jay da Silva can't cross and poor final ball selection. Naismith looks nervous and uncomfortable. And then there's Viner. Harsh. Sykes and Viman again only positives. Williams okay at best. Negative tactics and subs too late in the day. Any comments on that, Matt?
3: I think he said exactly what we've just gone through with the game, isn't it? Um as I said, I think the other thing to make around the subs is on a really, really hot day to not make your five permitted subs. Yeah. I'm not sure also what that says about your squad or your the managers thinking of the squad. Um and and like I say, it it, it shows poor game management for me. There they had options. They had Kane Wilson on the bench with speed. Um by all accounts when he was interviewed after the game, Mark Sykes, um I think the Bristol Live um or, or whether it was um BBC Radio Bristol thought that he was injured or had a knock and it wasn't, he was just absolutely run into the ground. Um, so he had an option, as I say, that he could easily have brought Wilson on, he could easily have taken Martin off and, and moved Sykes, if he was prepared, you know, was okay to stay on, into that role in behind an Andy up front. I, I didn't get it, and it didn't feel like we were going to win the game, it felt like we were holding on for a point. And, and a point was important, don't get mm. me wrong, but I think that game was there for the taking, I, I don't Absolutely. think... In the same way as I didn't think Hull were, and I know that I think Hull were top of the table this at some point this weekend, um, but I didn't think they were great. Sunderland did impress me at times, but more one or two players than as a side. I just don't think Nigel Pearson's managing the games very well at the moment. I think um, we could easily be two, three more points better off than we are. Yeah, Dean, do you share that? Obviously, we've got five
2: subs available now from, from a bigger um, selection pot, if you like.
0: So... Why weren't they used? Uh, Totally, it's so frustrating when you can watch a game like that. I mean, really, I mean, who would have blamed Nigel Pearson if he'd have taken De Silva and brought Pring on, and Pring would have had a nightmare? You'd have you'd have gone at the player, so it wouldn't have been the the manager's fault. We know what Pring can do, so it's almost though. I I think he was trying to protect a point, but do you do that with the with the with the back five that we got? I mean, we look vulnerable anyway. But I don't know whether it's his stubbornness or whatever. I mean, we could see it. You could see that the likes of Chrisy Martin was out on his feet. He wasn't doing the basics. He wasn't holding the ball up. So what is he adding? So you bring on you bring on Naki Wells alongside Conway earlier, so that at least that gives their their defence something to think about. Think about. Um, I felt for Joe Williams on Saturday. I mean, it must have been a right in the middle there. He's gone back to his old club. But there's obviously a bit of niggle there as well. I mean, and and Alex Scott because they're. Being asked to do a lot of work there in the middle when you haven't got perhaps the protection around you, but the the it was crying out for more width and more attacking on the left hand side. And why he didn't do that, I don't know. And I think whether you're a Nigel Pearson fan or not, there is this idea of his personality um and whether he does it to almost prove a point, I don't know. But the irony is, of course, if you look at someone like Chris Martin, I mean, when he was at Derby, he bombed Chris Martin out. So all of a sudden now he's believing in a player that he didn't in the past, and this is a lad that's now probably well past his prime. But he builds certainly the the, the attacking um, program around Chris Martin when we, when we all can see his limitations. I mean it's unfair on the guy. I mean it he really should be supported by another striker um, with with build anyway. That's for sure. But um, no, I I, I totally. That was where I started to started to question Nigel Pearson really for the first time because we could see it was obvious. Make the change. The fans won't blame you because we can see it as well. So don't be so stubborn and not to use all your subs. He didn't even use the subs to run the time down, did he? To try and get the point, which was interesting. Mm. I mean, he's stuck with those players. Good point. Okay, um, right.
2: Ratings. Matt, we're going to come to you in a second. But as I said, Liverpool night out didn't disappoint. <laughs> Um, i've got my ratings here so we first went to was it matthew street matt um matthew, matthew street that's matthew right, yep. street and we were in a german beer keller type venue which was <coughs> like walking into i don't know a scene from the early hours but this was like half seven at night uh people dancing on the tables like they'd been there all day the music was really loud i enjoyed the the stein the couple of you know the the pint of german beer that i had two um, bites but, that two-pint jug yeah um so i gone four out of ten uh then we went up market a little bit and a place called dash that was very nice very nice inside good music good beer so eight out of ten then zen which was just along the road from there which was was fantastic uh three floors lovely beer lots of uh lots of scenery up on the roof That's terrace. This
0: dancers you like the dancers
2: there were some dancers um <laughs> and yeah up, upstairs it was like a roof terrace as well it, as i said you could have been you know on holiday abroad yeah. um and then eric's which was again nine out of ten because they had a live band who were decent uh there was a couple of rooms where there was different types of music the beer was flowing and uh yeah all in all uh I'm going strong 9 out of 10 for our night in Liverpool.
0: Dean, your thoughts? It's, no, well, thanks. It, as you know, I've been married about four times now. I think I was married in <laughs> South Africa. To the same person. I got a, same the, woman, be clear. Same, same person, woman. <laughs> to, to the same person. Um, I got the blessing in Slovakia. So, of course, I needed the, I needed the English night out stag so do with my mate. So, it was lovelier. So, not only did we meet in person for the first time mm. and uh, Wigan away just offered itself to Liverpool, which, in my opinion, is probably the best night out in England. And I've, in my... In my glory days i did some research into that by the way so uh, and it didn't disappoint but I, I must admit when we went into the german pub and i saw your brother's face i thought he thought oh my goodness what have we arrived at this is going to be a long night and if you remember that lovely lady the uh, the bride on a hen do, um she was quite forthright she came over to us and i said to her i said you need to pace yourself my love it's only eight o'clock she said i've been out since 12 so that was the kind of place it was but it was no it was, yeah. it was fantastic but I, i'm just wondering whether you should just uh, just mention that when we left uh, zen one of us had transformed ourselves into some, someone else and it changed the night i don't know do we want to give that comment matt
3: oh <laughs> uh, yeah I'm, I'm happy to yeah so um me and uh, me and julian uh went to to the toilet together together, but not not together it yeah, went to a hand, handbag job and it was a that was in zen and they had um unisex toilets as such but they were cubicles and there were a couple that were for men and, and the rest of women and, and as we were stood waiting outside um there were two um young ladies who were putting makeup on each other and i caught their eye and i don't quite know why but um <laughs> the lady then said to me did i want any eyeliner on and I said, nah, not for me. And she said, oh, you really should. So I went, yeah, go on then. And uh, she put eyeliner on in. And I, as Julian said, it made my eyes pop. It was the right decision at the time. I have no regrets with that. Yeah, Fantastic.
2: Very enjoyable weekend.
3: Right, Matt, let's get on to the football again. The proper ratings. Yeah, yeah uh,
2: let's go to the ratings.
3: Yeah, so we'll kind of, because of, we've, we've covered a lot of why we've gone with what we've gone. So I've gone Dan Bentley 5. Yeah, we've referenced the kick in. Wasn't a dominant Dan Bentley performance. The three at the back, um, Zach, Carl and Robert, we've gone sixes. Um, I I think probably Rob Atkinson's been most consistent within it, but he he did also have to come off. But, yeah, we went three sixes. Um, Jada Silva, we went four for all the reasons we've referenced. Um, Joe Williams, Joe was an interesting one. We we went five, and I've I've seen both the Bristol Live um, ratings, but also some, some comments within um within our sort of whatsapp group and and for me with joe and i think with what we were talking about when we were coming back I, there wasn't a lot of creativity there yes he, he he ratted around and put his foot on the ball but he had a couple of opportunities to deliver better than he did and he didn't so i do expect more than that of joe williams and we've talked about it a patch with joe haven't we we genuinely felt a fit joe williams would would be a huge huge difference to this team At the moment, I'm not seeing it. It will be really interesting tomorrow night. Nigel wouldn't normally play Joe Williams tomorrow, but with Matty James out injured, Hannah Masenga probably going to be out because it was tonsillitis that he had, which is, you know, pretty um, debilitating for for a few days. Andy King, I don't know whether Andy King can start a championship game from the off. So we may need Joe Williams in there, so that'll be interesting to see. So, yeah, it was five for Joe. Mark Sykes, we went seven, um, and Mark could easily have got man of the match. Certainly, looking back, he um, his contribution to a lot of the positive things that went for the, the side that afternoon. Um, it, you know, he, he could easily have got a, a man of the match there, and we'll, we'll talk about why he didn't. Alex Scott, we went five. Thought Alex was fairly anonymous. Um, yes, kept his shape and put in a couple of those challenges, but I, again, expect more than that from Alex Scott. Chris Martin, four um just just a poor afternoon for chris for me or for us as well um tommy conway we went seven again a lot of what was was good in the first half involved tommy and mark sykes um could easily have got one or two goals tommy conway and a pen there so yeah seven for tommy um and then andy vyman who was our man of the match um we gave seven just just a very typical andy vyman performance another goal four in four really confident but he set the tone for so much of what was going on um, and when you hear albeit um, you know other fans reports or comments I should say um, about Andy Vimin and bids potentially coming in for him and we, we think why wouldn't you you know he's, he's on fire in our league at the moment has to be being looked at. big big worry for me if, uh, if we do take up what I mean what would be an ex- what you would consider to be a, an acceptable bid? $10 million, 12 million even that—I don't know that that's going to be. Um, we're not going to be able to reinvest that and get the same quality. I think that it we've will got. take a
2: lot for him to move personally as well. In terms of a hike in wages, there is the the fact that he got he took a pay cut, didn't he, at the beginning he did. of yep, he season, did. last yep. season? Uh, um, it was when he signed on last season. Yeah. Yep. So um, and he's so settled in Bristol, it would seem, and so happy. Yeah. Um, but what's
3: yeah. he got this season and next season? Because it was three years, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. So he's got this season, next season. You know, if if you're, you're talking about, I don't know, I don't know what sort of signing on fees you, you'd be talking about, but potentially, you know, six-figure signing on fees um, and the club getting, as I say, 10 to 12, it's how you reinvest that to get that, that mm. same player, both in terms of energy and everything he gives, but on top of that, you've got the most prolific goal scorer outside of Salah and Kane, I think, in the top divisions. So you have
0: was Oh sorry. How old was Naki Wells when we signed him?
3: Not sure. I mean, was he been with us three seasons, two
0: seasons? Don't but know. but it, he was no. He was probably. It was certainly high twenties. I'd say twenty nine. Yeah. And we went for a similar kind of model, a proven goal scorer at that level. So and we spent yeah. big money and big wages on him. So I can I can see the likes. Of, I know a Middlesbrough, someone who's going to be pushing this season. Sheffield United, thinking what will it take to get us out of the championship? And there's a guy now who's 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 basically hit the ground running again. Remember. I- when we look at his his age, I mean, he's a, he's probably the fittest, the fittest at the club. But he also, you can take one season off of his career as well because I mean, he he had that injury and he's come back even stronger, which is which is amazing. I, I th- so, um, I, I think prem teams cool. will be after him. I think prem
3: teams will look at him. You know, why wouldn't you? You've got a a bloke, Austrian international, scoring goals consistently now at the championship level. He's carried on from last season. I think prem clubs will come in for him. Clubs that. You know, you, you might think we'll be, you know, your Fulhams, your Bournemouths. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? And then... I looked at Brighton. I watched Match of the
2: Day. I'm trying, yeah. to, trying to catch up on Premier League football. I didn't watch hardly any of it last season. Um, and I looked at Brighton. I thought, who's scoring the goals there? Well, backs up front, but hardly ever scores. Yep. Lalana okay. has scored one goal for Brighton. Uh, and Pascal Gross is a midfielder. Yeah, and I'm not mo, trying to. I'm not, though, but yeah. I'm not trying to sell Andy Vyman, but uh, yeah, Dean, what what could you
0: categorically say what sort of impact it would have if we lost Andy Vyman? Well, as you said, he, he he drives the team. I mean, I in the past, I think we've all been critical of him. I mean, for me, it was so frustrating. But now, um, it's like something's clicked in his head. He's a clinical finisher. I mean, there's someone who played up front as well. The goals he scores, I mean. Even that, that was a, that, you know, it was it was pretty straightforward. I mean, it was close in on Saturday, but to put the ball back, back across the goalie, I mean, that's exactly what you coached. Um, and one-on-one, you expect him to put it away. I i think it's all about, uh, we we're having this discussion coming home. I think it's all about what we need now. Having seen that team so far, obviously this week is a big week. Luton and Card, if we're going to, I think if we, if, well, God forbid, if we don't win either of those or we, we don't pick up any points, then we we are we are in, in you know in the in the mire when it comes to having to having to get through this season so what is our most saleable asset the most replaceable now i think we all can agree that at the moment um, alex scott hasn't really started at the heights that we expected so if money comes up for me personally he's the guy if i was going to sacrifice vaiman Semenu, or alex scott it would be Alex Scott for me because I think we could replace Alex Scott. We wouldn't miss him as much as the other two. Whereas Semenyo and Vyman, they drive the tempo of the team. They cause problems to other 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 teams where it hurts, which is in their defence. Um, so I hate talking about selling players. I'd love to keep Alex Scott. I'd love to be in the Premier League with Alex Scott. But the reality is, we've got a team there that still needs a spine. We've we've got we haven't got a dominant centre forward. We've we still we still need a centre half. Uh, Baker's not going to play again, um, potentially. Callis, we don't know what's happening, so we don't want to wake up on September the first with that team minus an Alex Scott and Andy Voinum with no replacements. Because let's face it, boys, we're going to be in a relegation fight. You could see it on Saturday. Wigan were no great shakes, yet we were dragged down to their level, and we were actually hanging on to it for a point at the end. And uh, and we, for me, it's for me. This is this is a big. Sorry, Matt, this is a big two weeks ahead for us in terms yeah. of staying in the championship and progressing. And if, if it needs somebody to be sold, as the club keep telling us, we have to sell before we can invest. I'm afraid Alex Scott, for me, is the one that we need to, we need to sacrifice.
3: Am, am I right in thinking all three of those sides, Hull, Wigan and Sunderland, came up last season? Or did Hull, and, Hull um, already Wigan. up? Certainly Sunderland and Wigan, wouldn't it? But so we've got No, uh, Hull were uh, we played Hull up. Hull last, last game of the season, season didn't uh, we? Uh, of course we did, yeah. So but we, we've got a point out of two promoted teams coming up. Rotherham.
0: Rotherham's yeah, the one. Of course, isn't they,
3: it? Were. Of course they were, yeah. Um so we've got a point out of two teams coming up. Yeah. I think you said it, Patch, driving back yesterday. Um and, and we've we've talked to Andy Vyman. Um we'll we'll talk about some menu. But whatever bid you get. 10 million, 12 million, 15 million, 20 million. Yes, they'll, they'll get to a point where you, you have to kind of accept it. And Steve Lansdowne said he wouldn't stand in players' way of playing in the Premier League. And But you've got to look at it and say, if if we lose Andy Weiman for, for let's say, 12 million, if we lose Semenyo, which they're talking about 12 million, which for me is nowhere near enough, If you, you don't, those players aren't there available now to come in any new players have to come in and settle and understand Nigel Pearson and the way that we play. At ah, premium. We we could be adrift by then. So actually, if, assuming financial fair play were okay at the moment and we don't need to sell I think you've got to turn down any bid for Viman or some menu, certainly and then revisit it in January and, and see what the lie of the land is there. Because I think if you sell either of those now and I mean either of those I think we've got a real risk of being in a real relegation battle this season. I really do.
2: I just want to pick up on one thing Dean said around Scott and we could replace him. I I think he is irreplaceable at the moment. I think that, yes, he hasn't played well in the last sort of three games. He's had a busy summer. I just think he's he's a definite diamond and will shine through in the near future. I'm confident of that. I'd be very disappointed if we lost him. But as you say, he is probably the most saleable asset of the of the three.
0: Uh, well, I'm just I'm just thinking to to stay in this championship. I think I think Alex Scott is a player for the future. He's a player for now, but he will get better. There's no doubt about yeah. it. That lad will play in the Premier League. You can yeah. just see he's a footballer. Um, the way he adapted to playing, you know, out of position last year and and didn't look out of place. Um, but it, for me. But, you know, no no, no players bigger than our club and we all want to be in the championship. We don't want to go back to Division One because we know how hard it is to get out of it. That team that we saw on Saturday and have seen so far, we're not going to be pulling up trees in this league. We're going to be at the other end. And the, the, the only the only goals that I can see consistently are coming from Weimann and, and Semenya. But more importantly than that, they're Can't effective wait. at this level. Conway, of course, yeah, but there and Conway was the same on Saturday. at The point I'm going to make, they set the tempo. They set the tempo. Whereas, whereas it's a big ass to ask an 18, 19 year old to, to dominate a midfield with these old heads that are in there. Um, and it, well, it, it's too much of an ass, to be quite honest. Just, so when just, I say replaceable, I don't mean someone of his quality, but I do think we can get an effective he, championship midfielder to, to keep us up.
3: He's the one at the moment that that isn't doing. Um, or, or isn't giving us the same threat or whatever um, yeah. as Vyman and Semenya. So he's the one you could possibly afford to make money on now, yeah. as opposed to, but I absolutely get what you're saying, Patch, in terms of quality. But, but I yeah, personally speaking, as I say, so you imagine a front line, Semenya, Conway, and Andy Vyman in behind. Oh. Thomas Callas coming in at the back. That That changes the picture a yeah. little bit. Um, and and I totally respect what Steve Lansdowne says, but you also have to look at it and go, but but the time is just not right. The Adam Webster situation, okay, that was okay. The Lloyd Kelly situation, that was okay. I think this is this is pivotal this season. I think if we if we sell either Andy Vyman and Anton Semenyo now, we are in real trouble. If we sell both, I think we are really really going to do well, not to be relegated. Um, and yeah, just just hope. Right, uh, just to finish the rating. Sorry, Patch, So that, yeah. that was an av- average of five point six four for the the week, um, which I think you know it fell below what we'd think. So yeah, um, and for Nigel, I've I've gone five. Um, I've I've it, yes, it was a point, but it should have been more, and it should have been better game management. Could easily have been a four for Nigel if I'm honest with you.
2: Okay, right, lovely stuff. Uh, next game's Luton. I think we've covered enough on. What we think should happen and what might happen, etc. Um, any other business you wanted to just dis- dis- discuss, Semenyo and a potential bid?
3: Yeah. So it looks like I mean, rumor is 12 million from Crystal Palace, nowhere near enough, um, and as I say, certainly not not something we should be entertaining at this stage. Um, people will go, well why would they bid that for him? You know, he's he's not done a pre-season and he's he's had two preseasons now where he's been injured. We've seen what Antoine Semeny is all about. Um so yeah twelve twelve million nowhere near enough for him. Yeah. Um and I'm not sure what I would accept today in this transfer window for him where I would say, okay, we just can't turn that down. Um it, it may may have to be twenty twenty plus. Um which I don't know that anyone's going to put that for him. Um, so it's a big, big, big decision for, for Richard Gordon, Steve Lansdowne, because like I say, it's uh, he, him and Devine are the two players that really could be the difference this season for us.
0: What I'd like to think, Matt, is uh, they've got a contingency plan in place if if any of these three players we're talking about goes, because we, we're running out of time. And the yeah. other thing, of course, is those other clubs, the selling clubs, will know we're desperate for a replacement, so <laughs> they're go- they're gonna they're gonna add a million plus on any any yeah, any bid the, we make.
1: Yeah. Of course, you are. know. Yeah, that's
2: yeah, what I was be. saying. At a premium, any replacement in this window will be at a premium. Okay, right. I think we will leave it there. Um... Apologies for the pod not being out until Monday afternoon on a Saturday game. It's quite, quite, uh, <laughs> quite, unusual. quite poor from three peeps in a podcast. But um, we made an exception because we had a cracking weekend, and because
3: uh... we were in bits yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll just oh, say well. as well, we should, worth, worth mentioning that we um, we also. Um, Thanks to, to Dean's Connections, had a, a, a tour of Liverpool's Anfield Stadium. Oh, yes, of course. And just, just how very impressive, even as a, a Man United fan and someone who really doesn't like Liverpool, um, you can't help but appreciate the history and just how fantastic a, a stadium and everything that's that's around that. It was, it was special, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, no, it was fantastic. Uh, one of the things that struck me uh, as well, that I, I'd love to get sorted for Ashton Gate is a list of every player who's played for Liverpool in the club shop. As you yeah. walk in on either side of you, you've got A to M on one side, N to Z on the other side. So um, we'll see if we can knock on a few doors and get that in place. But uh, Dean, yeah, your, the other your thing,
0: thoughts? Yeah, the other thing we mentioned as well, but I'm a historian, obviously, so I noticed that, but um, maybe have some kind of archive at Bristol City. I mean, we've got enough fans who've got some incredible memorabilia um doesn't have to be a museum as such but somewhere where you can go and just you know go down the ages as such that was nice liverpool are very very good they're probably the probably the best club in the world actually at celebrating their history um but yeah no wasn't it strange walking around and seeing all these foreign tourists on a sunday doing the tour and i mean i said to you do you think we'll ever get to the stage where people all visit ashton gate on a sunday and do an audio tour and things like that but <laughs> we're not, we're look at we were as we looked at anfield it's an amazing stadium but you know we've got an incredible stadium as well we were trying to compare you know the lansdowne with their main stand i mean obviously they're expanding but uh i we did have a giggle didn't we because you were doing a few videos for me for my sort of social media and uh i just couldn't stand in front of the cop without mentioning a certain brian tinney and it felt a bit sort of a bit Mm. selfish but i had to do it um but no no it was great thanks thanks to my friend julian ward who's the sporting director up there and doing a great job of course but it's uh it's a club that I think you know most other clubs aspire to because of its history and because of what it stands for. But Liverpool is an amazing city because it's right in the middle of not the best part of the city, but that gives, gives it its soul, doesn't it? It's yeah. uh, it's quite a special place.
2: Fabulous Absolutely. place, yeah. Yeah, just on that archive point, Dean, the, the former Players Association are looking, um, as we say in the advert, I think we'll probably be about halfway through this podcast, are looking for all the interest in our... Um, uh, memorabilia yeah memorabilia and documents all sorts really for the archive right. it's just how they are then displayed um is that is the next is the next sort of uh challenge but uh, we'll leave it there thank you so much Dean lovely to see you we'll be seeing you again Luton and Cardiff so um it's a great week for you to be in uh, in Bristol so yeah we'll be back soon for that hopefully on Wednesday for Luton and then it's Sunday isn't it so Monday for Cardiff but don't forget to follow us over on Twitter at 3PiAPC and uh, we'll be back soon, cheers gents thanks for listening, take care cheers everyone,
0: bye because I tell you something
1: I don't care that much don't come around here In this town, I'm no savior. I will take you down this here town. You know, it ain't that big. It don't
0: take long to no, know just what I did. Don't
1: come around here preaching.